This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest this morning. That means we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. So if you have any questions dealing with Murfreesboro, the mayor's here. And you know how he operates. If he doesn't have the answer, he uh, gets somebody to research it for him. And we will give that answer back later. Shane, good morning to you. Good morning. It's great to be here. It's good to uh, be able to not only be here for the residents of Murfreesboro, but really today's a day that we get to salute our veterans and say thank you to those who have served and um, thank you to those who are serving. And it really allows us to be able to sit here and pontificate. You get to hear our opinions on different things, and there's not a lot of people around this world who get to do that. Very definitely. And we are focusing on Murfreesboro. Barb uh, is with us this morning, Barb Pitto, who is putting together this year's Veterans Day tribute. Uh, sort of a challenge today, but I understand the weather is going to clear up by 11 o'clock. I saw that on the website. It said thunderstorms yesterday when I went to bed, and this morning I woke up and it said cloudy. <laughs> I like cloudy. Yeah. Very definitely much better than rain or storms. I am so excited. So this is going to be a wonderful day on the square in Murfreesboro for our whole community to be able to celebrate our veterans. Tell us a little about what we can expect today. Well, we're excited. I know that event planning has been a little challenging in the year 2020. So there have been some regrets um, from folks that normally would be able to be here. Um, so we... Um, we are so happy, though, to have a trumpeter, uh, Miss Lauren, who's going to come and be able to uh, play for us. And we'll all sing along our national anthem. That's very exciting. But um, our guest speaker for today is Andy Womack. And I'm looking forward to meeting him. You knew him personally, Bart. Yeah, so, great, great person. And so that's exciting to me that he was so excited to be able to come. And he's very humble when I spoke mm-hmm. with him. So he said he immediately knew exactly what he was going to say to our veterans. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, and this is an opportunity to get together and and let everybody know, let the veterans know how much we appreciate them and to pay honor to those who made the supreme sacrifice. Yes, that's right. When I talked to you on the phone the other day, I had just been looking through some memorabilia. My grandmother had been writing letters to men in Vietnam during the 67, 68 period of time. I have letters from men from the front. And I got to thinking, that's an amazing thing. But what I realized is she was a little girl um, when her uncle was writing her letters. And I have his letters from the front, from France, from 1918 and 1919, still in the EVAC hospital after the armistice was signed. But we're celebrating today the 11th 
day, the 11th month, the 11th hour, when the armistice was signed. So I had to do a little research. Why were these folks still in the evac hospital in 1919 because the ceasefire had happened but for sure enough you know everybody didn't get, didn't get to come home immediately but that's when the armistice was signed so that's what we're honoring today and i'm so excited that i got instilled with that kind of patriotism because um my little grandmother had that kind of background that she wrote letters, but I guess it prepared her for when her own son was writing her letters from the USS Iowa. So I have all these little trivia kind of things in my life, but the, I think the, one of the favorite things is this little coin uh, medallion. It says, Welcome home, your country is grateful. And this was given out during World War II as the ships were coming home and I realize I wish we had something like oh, that. Yeah. So for today I want every veteran to feel that we are grateful for you. And that's the reason I like to have this little army guy sitting in my window in my kitchen. He's always there because I like to pray for our veterans. I like to pray for our soldiers. But our veterans that came home, what fun to be able to celebrate them today. 11 o'clock this morning on the Murfreesboro Square. Barb, thank you for bringing us uh, up to date on that. And, you know, if you have some uh, memorabilia at home dealing with veterans, uh, if it's not too big, bring it with you. I had to to the event on the square today, and because there will be some time afterwards, and people are going to be social distancing with a mask, but conversing about how thankful we are. So you can share that with somebody else, and they may have something to share with you, and we'll all walk away richer. I encourage every veteran to wear some insignia so we'll recognize you as a veteran. Some of them are even able to wear their uniforms. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Barb, you, thank you again. Thank and you, I told Michelle. Barbara I wish I could be there. Um, you know, a good friend of ours, Gina Lynn Dotson, Stephen mm-hmm. Dotson, her, his, uh, Gina Lynn passed away this past weekend, so her funeral is today at, um, at World Outreach at 11. So I know a lot of people are praying for the Dotson family right now. Very definitely. Uh, so, thank you, Barb. Thank you. We're talking now about the city of Murfreesboro. And uh, everybody's uh, excited about Veterans Day, 11 o'clock this morning on the square. And uh, keep praying for uh, the weather to clear. And it probably will. Yeah, it will. I mean, that's the way Murfreesboro is. That's right. <laughs> we have control of the weather, right, Mark? <laughs> no, no. I think God looks down on hey, us favorably. Amen. So uh, a lot happening with the city of Murfreesboro. Uh, one of the big things, I guess, right now is uh, the COVID-19. It's not right now. It's been with us pretty much since March. And uh, we're, we're ready to change to the next page. But. Yeah, you know, I think um, Mayor Ketron, you know, based on executive order, I think it was 53 or 54 that the governor put in place that he's now extended the state of emergency until the end of December, you know, gave the county mayors to uh, the ability to uh, enact a mask mandate and so I, you know you see i've got my mask right here we're six feet away in here now so uh, i actually didn't really make this public but we were um, my family was quarantined for two weeks um, over really i guess it's we're going on our we came out of quarantine last week so um, my boys got to go back to school I guess it was the second, uh, or excuse me, the Tuesday, Tuesday last week, and then I got to come out on Wednesday of last week, Tuesday of last week as well. So yeah, things are, uh, things are, you know, it's a, it's a weird time, um, but 
hopefully uh, with the news that came out, I guess it was Monday, the the Pfizer, uh, you know, the Pfizer vaccination has a ninety, you know, showing a ninety percent uh, success rate. So we'll, you know, we'll see. It's one of those things that we continue to to work through. One thing that I remember Dan Rudd, who was on with us uh, earlier, he had said that wearing the mask is almost almost as good as a vaccination. I'd never heard it put that way, but uh, he said it's it's about sixty something percent uh, effective, and a good vaccination might be seventy or eighty percent. But then everybody has to have it, has to have the vaccination for it to be effective. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, my um, my mom is sixty six. 65 or 66 so she's 20 years older than me 19 years older than me um she she tested positive and you know um thankfully and prayerfully she uh she made it through fine um you know had mild mild symptoms but you know mom wore a mask everywhere she went um you, you know and i'm sure she got it i would imagine from you know in our household but you know, it's one of those things that uh, everyone's working through, and you know, you read so much on on both sides that are, um, you know, no one's ever been through this before, and and I mean, as far as from in my lifetime, and so we're all working through it. I mean, I can tell you from a city standpoint, it, it definitely makes things uh, much tougher. Uh, you know, we have over a thousand employees that are are in the line of service every single day. And, you know, we want to do everything we possibly can to protect those employees and make sure that city services and the things that our residents have become accustomed to expecting that we still we still push that through. You know, I mean, we were um, very pleased that this past month, you know, we had budgeted, Bart, for our first fiscal quarter, which is July, August, and September. We had budgeted our sales tax revenue to be down 55%. We were actually up almost 6%. That's so, unbelievable. So it was a $7 million. We, we were $7 million, and that's ahead of where we were last year. So that allowed us to really, the council, go through and make some, um, you know, make some good choices on things that we wanted to do. We were able to implement, um, you know, some pay raises for our employees. I'm proud to say that we implemented uh, for our emergency service providers, you know, with everything that's going on nationally. Um, I think the council agreed now is not the time that you don't pay your your emergency service providers you know your police officers your your first responders and firefighters because you want to be able to keep and retain the best of the best so you know not only did we, um, we instead of giving a one and a half and two percent raise two and a half percent raise if you figure cost of living we gave them a five and a half percent raise because we said now's now's the time that we need to make sure that we're funding you know those individuals that we keep and attract the best of the best and hopefully they got the message that we appreciate them. yeah absolutely i mean um you know they're they're uh they're on the front line every day and you know i would submit to you that our residents in murfreesboro one of the top priorities that they want to feel is that they live in a safe community and um that's one of the things i think we're proud about very definitely we have a text here from a listener and they're saying would you consider another shutdown to uh, stop the spread of the covid virus no i would i wouldn't um i mean i'm i'm quick to say that um you know i i never thought in march that 
you know, before the governor enacted his order that um, that we, you know, we would put in an emergency order that would shut down, you know, restaurants and uh, exercise facilities and we would shut down nail salons and barbers. I, you know, going back in hindsight, you know, I stand by we the information that we were getting at the time. Um, but, you know, we also had information back in earlier in the year that, you know, 2 million people were going to die in America. And, you know, there's 250 some odd thousand, I think is the total. And I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a lot of people, Barton. I mean, if you're in that two, you're, you got a family member that's in that 250,000 people. I don't want to minimize that. But at the same time, shutting down your entire city to be able to stop something that keeping someone in their home is not necessarily going to stop. Um, I, I, I can't support that again. You know, I, I can't support that you're put somebody in their home and you shut down a small business to stop the spread of, of, a, of a virus that, you know, and I'm not minimizing this, but the mortality rate is what the mortality rate is. I mean, it's a very slow, small mortality rate. And I would argue that there are as many adverse effects with shutting down someone's business than contracting the virus. I mean, if someone can't pay their mortgage, if someone can't pay for food, if someone can't pay, um, you know, for their health care, there are a lot of side effects and there are a lot of adverse uh, reactions that come when we do that. And so I'm not going to be supportive of, of doing that again. And obviously the public is still out spending. Uh, they may have changed their choices of stores, but they're still buying, or you wouldn't have had an increase in sales tax. Yeah, I mean, you still have to have um, – I mean, if you contract the virus, you know, again, not minimizing this, but the odds are you're going to be okay. Um, but the, the issue is you, whether you have the virus or not, you still have to have health care. As a small business owner, you still have to, you know, with me being quarantined, I still needed to provide for the employees who work with me. I mean, they they need a job. So there's all these trickle-down effects or trickle-down things that you want to make sure that, you know, I'm not sure that there's also, if you look at the suicide rate, the alcoholism, spousal abuse, domestic violence, all the things that have increased while this pandemic's going on, you know, there are things that are that are not good that we, you know, that come along with people not being able to have a job. Do you feel that our community has, through this pandemic, has the community grown together? Has the community been able to strengthen itself? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's important with, uh, important about Murfreesboro, that y- yes, it has um, but I also think, in some ex- to some extent, there has been a line where we've grown further apart because this has all happened during an, an election. And you know, I think the the pandemic, and I've said this, that the the virus is not a Republican, the virus is not a Democrat. I mean, when my family contracted it, I mean, it, it the test didn't ask what who you voted for. So I think we have to be responsible. I think we have to be measured, and we have to be consistent on on where we are on those things. And, you know, the minute you try to take these things and you make them political is when um, you lose credibility on, 
you know what what you're trying to do and I, you know that's one of the things i love about you know our city council and and we hear this and from the years serving on on council you know the decisions we make are they're not political decisions um you know I, one of the things i enjoy about the city of murfreesboro from the political side is it's not a red or blue issue or a green issue uh, or whatever party you affiliate with i mean we pick up trash we provide police services we provide fire services we provide parks and recreation water and sewer we make sure the water you drink is is good we make sure when you flush your toilet there's somewhere for it to go you know we have all of these things that we provide services and we want to do that the best that we possibly can and you know unfortunately i would say this after almost 20 years of doing this anytime politics get involved it messes everything up and that's one of the things I really enjoy about the local side that, you know, we we uh, we get to make decisions to make people's lives better. Now, you're closer to the pulse of what's happening in Murfreesboro than probably most people who are listening right now. As as you have watched us move through this pandemic period, what are the things that you're proudest of with Murfreesboro and would like to see us focus on more to improve those areas and what are some of the things that you think we should sort of cut aside and and let that flow away to somewhere else you know from the things that i'm proud about or proud of i think our staff the way that our staff has had to operate in an environment that no one has has dealt with before you know i I think that our staff that we have, they're some of the most professional and educated people that I've ever been around. You know, that when we look at the way that they've handled the budget, um, the way that they present information to the council for us to make decisions, it's not um, information that we can't easily and readily look at and access and ask ask questions for us to be able to make those decisions. So I'm proud that, you know, our our government as as a whole has continued to to thrive going through you know how we've had to handle some of these things um i also think looking at how creative our business owners have been you know where you look at um like the alley is a great example where you know during the pandemic sean bought a uh, a food truck and went to neighborhoods and you know uh, you could pre-order whatever you wanted and walk up and go get that i think that's been um, that's been exemplary on how our our businesses have handled things. I think how our teachers are handling things. Um, I, you, you can't minimize what they have done to be able to educate our kids. And you know that's the thing that people have to understand is when you look at when we were going through the online um, process. You know before um, Dr. Gilbert you know passed away uh, a couple of months ago, and she was instrumental in making sure that the child bus ran during this pandemic when school was not going on so i mean we were feeding at 38 sites per day feeding kids that otherwise may have not gotten gotten food for breakfast and lunch so you look at all these good things that have happened in the community rallying together um you know i think from a, a negative standpoint and yeah i think it, part of it goes with with having mercy and grace that you know we're not always going to agree with each other i mean people are not going to agree with the decisions that i make one of the things i've really enjoyed is um having the ability to really talk with people and someone say here's where i you know i feel we we need to be here the things that i feel like we need to to um we need to do and then 
you know, you're able to have a dialogue that, you know, we don't uh, we don't necessarily may not agree on. And that's part of the thing with being in this for so long is, you know, sometimes you lose your filter. And um, I, I could would argue that's probably not a bad thing sometimes that you're able to be able to have direct and, and um, blunt conversations to get to where what people are understanding. You know, open line of communications between each other. That's always yeah, absolutely. a positive thing. Yeah. Tell you what, let's do. Let's pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. And if you have a question for Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland, now's the time to call or text, whichever you prefer, 615-893-1450. Remember, today is Veterans Day, our tribute to veterans all throughout the area. Thank you for your service. And there will be a special 11 o'clock this morning ceremony on the Murfreesboro Square honoring the veterans. 11 this morning, rain or shine. And from the weather forecast, that rain should be moving out. on your side. Consumer warrior Clark Howard. Save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. Weekdays 11 to 1 on WGNS. Does your home or business need COVID-19 virus cleaning? Hi, I'm Tom Sweat from AmeriCare Services. We're a locally owned company and we specialize in cleaning and disinfecting for the COVID-19 virus. Our EPA registered and approved products are 100% effective at killing COVID-19. To learn more, contact AmeriCare at 893-7111 or on the web at americareservices.com forward slash coronavirus. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car, and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com. Bart, I think my little one may be Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume here on 24 as you come up through the Hickory Hollow area headed towards Nashville. Traffic's been moving out here fairly decent on all the major interstate routes. There's still some slick spots. Just give yourself extra time. Still busy down Sam Ridley right now headed towards the interstate. Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, call Tony and Nikisha Tate at 554-9795. I'm Commander Chunk. You're on time traffic. A few spotty rain showers here early this afternoon, otherwise cloudy skies. Temperatures steady early, then slowly falling. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. This weather on WGNS brought to you by First National Bank of Murfreesboro. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is growing to serve you better. Hi, I'm Shelly Rigsby, and in mid November, our name changes to Capstar Bank. Our staff will be the same, but we'll be able to do so much more. First National Bank of Murfreesboro will soon become Capstar, the full-service bank with a small-town feel. We believe in keeping our personal relationships. First National Bank of Murfreesboro, soon Capstar, member FDIC. We're all about saving you money. I'm Dave Ramsey on WGNS, Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. 
Happy birthday going out to Daniel Watson. Daniel Watson, the winner this morning of our Simply Pure Sweets Bakery Birthday Club. Daniel Watson, happy birthday. And our good neighbor of the day is Lee Harris, always bringing solutions and quick answers to technical issues. Lee Harris receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. This morning, we're focusing on the city of Murfreesboro issues that are concerning you about the city, positive or negative issues. Let us know. 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest. And let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS with the mayor. How are you today? Hello there. Did you have a question for the mayor? Yes, sir. Okay. I th- I think I know who this voice is. Who 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 is this? I'm Drew. Oh, this is my my eight year old Drew. They're not in school today for Veterans Day. What's your question, buddy? Uh, is, is Murfreesboro the best city in America? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think absolutely it's the best city in America. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Eight years old, you say? Eight years old, going on 36. <laughs> Starting young. That's good to hear. He calls uh, himself, by the way, Bart, he calls himself the little mayor. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Our number is 615-893-1450. And uh, we have another text message here. What effect, if any, will the State Farm Building being empty have on the city of Murfreesboro? You know, I don't... Um, I don't want to say that we this caught us by surprise because I think for years we've heard that uh, State Farm was making other uh, plans on how they were handling things not you know not only in Murfreesboro but how they were handling things nationally that they were really looking you know consolidating and I, I really think what's happened with State Farm is really what you're seeing with a lot of um, brick and mortar retail right now that. You know, brick and mortar was already changing. When I say brick and mortar, like your strip centers and some of the goods where, you know, people don't have to go up to get out now to buy things. Um, they just can have it all shipped to their house. And so I, I think COVID has changed that from a standpoint of, like, people working from home. You know, I, I had to drive to Nashville last week. No, not last week because we were in quarantine, but it's three weeks ago. And I never hit the brakes from Murfreesboro to Nashville at 7.30 in the morning. And, you know, that typically didn't happen. So what you're seeing is most people, people are quickly realizing they can their employees can work from home and you don't miss a beat. So I think, you know, what's happened with COVID that just like in brick and mortar retail, it's sped up that um, that change that, that, that's happening. So, you know, I don't think that's going to affect um, – Murfreesboro from a standpoint of, you know, how it's going to hurt uh, a tax base or employees. Now, it will start hurting Murfreesboro if you start seeing jobs being eliminated. Um, but, you know, I, I sent our city manager the other day and or yesterday, um, you know, the, the, the article and then I, somebody else, I just texted them, said that'd make a great school if it had a gym, you know, so... I think there are other things that, you know, you can look at to see how uh, how things are going to be handled. 
So it could be uh, a change in what things are used for. And and you go to other communities, they are repurposing large facilities like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the model moving forward, you know, just this is just my opinion, but like even the library, I think having, you know, a library downtown, um, although it's important that we've had the library downtown for so many years, but, you know, I think it, it would even be more advantageous if the library was on the four corners of the city that, you know, you had a library on the north side of town, you had a library on the west side of town that, you know, people could could easily access and come in and out. And that's really what, as a city, you know, transportation being one of our number one issues, we've, we have to continue to find better ways that people have the access to services and facilities in their neighborhoods, in their areas, as opposed to having to drive to one destination to do that. Here's another question from a listener. And this one, I, I guess, is, again, the sign of the times. Uh, they were surprised that the downtown renovation of the old Methodist church lost their hotel. And they were further surprised that we had lost two other hotels over in the Gateway Project area that were on the drawing board. Uh, is this a sign for the future? I think so, yes. Um, you know, I, the, the one... Um, industry that you look at that that has not recovered or at with covid right now is the hospitality industry uh, just because people are not staying in in hotels i think what you're going to end up seeing is you know people will end up wanting to stay in airbnbs or wanting to stay in um, areas or or accommodations that you don't necessarily have a lot of people around and i think yet that is going to be a sign of the times one of the things that we were significantly down um, was on our hotel motel tax now we don't rely on that Um, i mean there are other governmental um, entities um, that specifically rely on that hotel motel tax to fund certain things we don't Um, you know that to us the hotel motel tax is more gravy as it comes in Um, so that we've not relied on that really for anything Um, and but i don't see that recovering right now i mean you know look at had the opportunity to meet a couple of um recording uh, industry people and and they have said they may not be touring until the end of 2021 and you know you look at that hospitality side and um i think it's going to be a while for the recovery on that okay uh and we have a, another listener who is asking about what kind of impact will this have uh, you were talking about touring uh but what about uh, the sporting industry, the soccer games, the spring fling, things of that sort? Yeah, I think those are going to continue to go. I mean, you know, you talk about one of the positives in the um, that we've been dealing with. I mean, I have my eight-year-old who just called. I mean, he's continued practicing soccer and playing soccer games. And, you know, the baseball games have gone on and basketball. And I think that's one of those things that, um, I mean, Bart, would you rather have your kids stay at home? on the video games or would you rather them be involved in team sports where they're getting instruction they're getting not just instruction on the sports but they're learning life lessons they're learning teamwork i mean it's important that we keep those things moving along especially when you know the likelihood or looking at the the mortality rate of of kids um is so low um, yeah, I think it's important to keep those things moving along. So, I, you know, my opinion, I think you'll see those continue continue moving along. I mean, the TSSAA held their um, held their soccer finals here, you know, a couple of weeks ago, 
And there, there's going to be a, a different protocol. I mean, when you go to a basketball game now, you're going to be wearing masks sitting in the stands until, you know, these things um, – getting you know getting done but um yeah i think that's going to be important that we continue those here's another text from a listener said that they had been watching with interest the area around where the new costco is being built and there was the hotel that was being built looks as if it has suddenly changed to be a storage unit no you know it was not it was never a hotel uh it was a it was a storage facility and that's an indoor climate now i thought you know originally i'm not on the planning commission so you know like that doesn't come to the city council because that's site plan review but uh yeah it looked like a hotel as a matter of fact i told one of my friends who texted me he said you know this was probably six months ago he said what is that and i was like i think it's a hotel but no, it's a it's a storage facility when they uh, indoor storage. Okay, uh, how is that facility coming? By the way, yeah, it's come. You're talking about Costco, uh, the whole thing, Costco, uh, the the whole. Yeah, there's because that's exciting over there. Yeah, Costco. We are uh, we voted on Thursday night. We voted. Now it's good to be able to say Costco um, as opposed to project grant whatever it was. Um, so we voted on their sign overlay on Thursday night. Um, which is, in technical terms, it's the signage that goes on the 20-plus the acres that they have. Um, and then we have that at our our meeting tomorrow for city council. We have another Costco, um, you know, Costco uh, item on our agenda. But then you've got the Lazy Days uh, RV Center is under construction there. you got a couple of other buildings in that area. Um, you know, at some point you'll have that bridge that will connect uh, Rocket Club and and Warrior uh, all together, and you know that that's one of the things. All of the easy road projects we have in Murfreesboro are, I mean, those are done. All the ones that we have going forward are all the tough projects, like bridge crossings, river crossings, uh, interstate crossings, and that's how we're going to improve these intersections, um, like. Cason Lane and River Rock uh, or, you know, Cason Lane and Old Fort Parkway. I mean, nobody can deny that that that's an awful intersection. And our goal is to be able to give other access points for people not to have to go to that intersection, to be able to get across the interstate. And that's the things that we're um, we're working on now. So that bridge, which will go sort of behind the sheriff's office and connect over uh, with the Salem Highway. Correct. So that way you don't have to go to those major intersections to be able to get to Highway 99 or to be able to come downtown. I mean, you can completely bypass those intersections. When do you think we'll start seeing uh, construction on that? Yeah, well, that's the hard part. You know, it's we're, we're, all, we're always in the planning process, our major thoroughfare plan, and we passed that. So, you know, now um, it's like, you know, when people say, how you know, when are you going to start something? It's just time and money. And so that's we're, we're working on the timing process and working on the money process. The other bridge uh, in our future, I guess we could say, is the extension of Northfield, yeah. which would go across Broad, across the Stones River, and link up uh, there at Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, uh, Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Yeah, you know, we only have two access points right now to be able to get over to Medical Center Parkway, and you've got... Um, broad street and med med center where you cross manson pike and then you've got thompson lane so you know if you come down northfield which is one of the major collectors uh arterials in murfreesboro you either have to take a left to go down broad or take a right to go down broad and at some point i think that will that will come but you know if i had to put that on the priority list right now that's probably fairly low down the priority list because we've got 
you know, the Cason Lane and Highway 99 area that we need to make sure that we alleviate, alleviate traffic in that area. We need to make sure that we have Cherry Lane, you know, going along because, you know, you think about uh, Broad Street is an F road and Thompson Lane's an F road. And if you give people coming from uh, different areas of our town to stay on 840 and then get to Cherry Lane to access the north side of town, they don't have to get on Broad Street and they don't have to get on Thompson Lane. So that's really when you look at it's not a, it's not necessarily always about making a road bigger. It's about having different access points where people don't have to get on that road. They can go a different direction uh, or they can go a gif- different route to get where they're going. So you have three major projects right now, uh, at least, and, and, and no start time for any of them. You have the bridge uh, from there at the Costco area going over to the sheriff's office. You have the bridge of Northfield going over to Middle mm-hmm. Tennessee Medical Center. And then you have the extension of Cherry Lane. Extension of Cherry Lane. You also have 231 that we're working with on the stout, uh, the, the the state, which is 231 going to um, to Lebanon. You know, so where that cuts down to two lanes uh, around where the Jeff or the Jefferson Pike uh, Walter Hill Bridge is to be able to get that from that bridge all the way back to three lanes or, or to to four lanes, which is right now it you know it, it cuts down. But we've got a lot of you know the there's a bridge the one going over to uh, Rocket Club that actually just crosses Stones River and then it has to cross um then it has to cross 24 but you know at some point i think you're going to see it, you know the bob the bridge over broad i think you're going to see a comparable bridge over Thompson Lane where coming down Medical Center Parkway or excuse me Thompson Lane you don't come to the base of that bridge and stop at Broad Street that bridge just goes right on over and uh and heads down Thompson Lane when you know that project that project's in the right of way acquisition acquisition now where Thompson Lane's going to be wide. Is that going to be in your lifetime? I think so. Yeah, I okay. hope so. I hope it is. <laughs> All righty, we'll be back in just a second. We have about uh, five minutes left, so if you have a question, six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Today is Veterans Day. Don't forget eleven o'clock on the Murfreesboro Square. We will broadcast it live right here on WGNS. There is no safer place in the storm. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. Hi, this is Riley down at Music World and Drummer's Den, inviting you to come and shop with us. We're at South Church, right across from Indian Hills. So the beauty of our store is we typically beat or match internet pricing. And the cool thing about that is you can try it out. You can actually pick up the instrument and hold it in your hand before you buy it versus online where you can't really see it until you get it in your hands. Come on over to the Music World and Drummer's Den and we'll get you guys taken care of. We're at 2762 South Church right across from Indian Hills. If you're looking around your home and it's looking like it's time to update, we can do anything as far as painting, new flooring, anything that you're looking for. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. They already did a great job on our bathroom, so when we decided to redo the playroom, Farrah Construction was the only one we called. This is Ron Hall with Farrah Construction. 615-893-6120. That's Farrah Construction Company. 
First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna is reminding you not to wait on that next car repair job. As a matter of fact, if you're a teacher or first responder, there are special discounts available to you on your next job. So stop by First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. That's First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume here on 24 as you come up through the Hickory Hollow area headed towards Nashville. Traffic's been moving out here fairly decent on all the major interstate routes. There's still some slick spots. Just give yourself extra time. Still busy down Sam Ridley right now headed towards the interstate. Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, call Tony and Nikisha Tate at 554-9795. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Receive breaking news, sports scores, traffic, and weather bulletins on your cell phone. Sign up for text alerts at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back. Just a few minutes left in our broadcast this morning. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us this morning. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. Uh, we have a general question here from a listener dealing with trash and debris. We're seeing a lot of it on the roadsides, not just in the city limits of Murfreesboro, but on the interstate. Seems like everybody's suddenly throwing everything outside. And also they took a stroll around the Discovery Center and the boardwalk the other day, and they said there's a lot of uh, debris in the water. What can be done about people littering? Uh, You know, I think like anything else i mean i remember from in the i guess it was the 70s and 80s where remember smoky uh smoky bear and then you know don't the owl that was uh i can't remember what the owl owl's name was but it was, you know give a hoot don't pollute <laughs> you remember that? I, I remember that yeah, yeah. so I, I i think you know the one thing is people have to take personal responsibility not to do that but um the other thing is to let us know on areas like city property where you see that and um that way we can um we can fix that all righty uh and and just what should they do call yeah uh, just call or email s mcfarland at murfreesboro.tn.gov or um i mean if you just email me i can make sure it gets to the appropriate people that we can we can work on that okay uh this next question is dealing uh with obviously the listeners uh wanting to know more about the renovation of downtown what do you think the next step might be to make our downtown more attractive and more shopper friendly you know i think you're you're already seeing that over the last really you know five or six years the council made significant investment uh, downtown along with the county building the new judicial judicial system but you saw lytle street improvements you saw water and sewer improvements a, a lot of the roads being rebuilt the sidewalk network rebuilt uh, being rebuilt so i think what you're going to see from us is stay in the course to make sure that we you know we protect protect that downtown corridor you're going to see the one 
college building get underway um, that should be underway and under under construction this next year um, you know that's one of my things I wish that that had gotten done a lot quicker I wish that it hadn't have taken us so long from a city standpoint to be able to um, to get that project moving you know we first acquired that property when I first I mean I guess it was six months after I got elected so you know that's quite some time ago um, so I hope that you know you'll see that transition with a new parking garage that will be in between those those areas to help uh, parking some downtown living that will will go there and i think that's what you're going to see you're seeing several projects there's a developer that's looking to um add some some units on bilbro um you've got a developer that bought property on state or not state street but uh, north manny that they're getting ready to put some some units and you know the good news is more activity um breeds activity and that's one of the things I think if we can get more people who are living in that downtown area, that's when, you know, shops and those things come because there's households that, you know, want to walk and get groceries. And so that that's uh, something I'm, I think will continue to come. Here's another text from a listener, and this one's asking about all of the uh, construction on signalization there on the corner of uh, Memorial and uh, by State Farm. Yeah, that's a state project um, where – down memorial the state has added sidewalks um to connect the network because a lot of that area never had sidewalks built uh, so you know right in front of state farm there were there were no sidewalks uh, so they've tried to do that to make sure that that area is more um, pedestrian friendly with people walking up and down the streets let's squeeze in one quick question sure. you're on wgns with the mayor how y'all doing today doing great quick question though Okay, well, I just wanted to know, and you guys might have already talked about this. I was wanting to update on Cherry Park. I think it'll be a good addition to Murfreesboro. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Cherry Park. Cla- uh, Clary, Park. Clary Park. Clary Park is the development that uh, was coming out at the Gateway area. We, um, you know, actually there were there was a majority of the council members who voted to deny that a couple uh, three weeks ago. And a lot of that, Bart, had to do with, um, you know, they they were asking for about eight, or nine, I think it was nine different variances. Um, you know, the developer that that had that property originally and still has that property had made a commitment back in 2017 when, you know, they came to the city council to ask for a variance on the um, the, the buffer area in between that, the battlefield and Wilkinson, uh, Wilkinson Pike. And, you know, the city council approved that. We approved that based on a few conditions and some of those conditions didn't get met you know and it's one of those things that as a council and you vote on something that a developer tells you it's one of those things you you do what you say and you say what you do um and that didn't happen and so uh, there's some things that you know we have to look at to uh to remedy that and make sure that it you know it follows along and that's really where you know at the end of the day when you have a, a developer or you have someone coming in front of the council we have to rely on what they tell us that they're going to do and if we have an instance where that doesn't happen i think it's you know a a lesson to all developers that you know the city council does have a memory uh, and you know when when we are put out in situations where we're voting on something that you know there's uh, initially a lot of people who aren't for something and if the council takes and steps out to say okay we're going to do this and here's why then you know it's the developer's responsibility and I, this is not just this developer this is any developer it's it's their responsibility to do what they say they're going to do and if they don't then you know it's it's like i tell my boys uh and I, i'm this is not about this 
project, but, you know, if, if you're going to be stupid, boys, you better be tough. And, you know, if you're going to come to the council, you, you better make sure that you do what you say you're going to do because ultimately if you don't, the council, me included, we're held accountable for those things that don't uh, happen. So that's something we're, um, we're, we're, we'll continue to stick to. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland, our guest this morning. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, Mark.